Hello, Thing of Tears. We are back. We are. We've survived another week of pandemic. I've survived my first week of being quote unquote essential. I got a blind fish and it died a day later. <laughs> if that doesn't sum up 2020. <laughs> like, no joke. We got, right. we got a blind koi from a pond and it died the next day. On the bright side, I now have a fish tank with some other fish in it now and um, getting some live plants. Going to work on my aquascaping. You know what? Good for you. Sounds like you're having a good time, but I'm still really salty. Because I woke up this morning and I still didn't get my fucking Rona check. Same. Like some bullshit. <laughs> Same. What you doing, IRS? What you doing? It'll come. Did you file your taxes? Of course I filed my taxes. I'm a responsible okay. citizen. Good, good, good. I don't really care, because you know what? What? The WWE's been deemed essential by the state of Florida, so we still get some some sports entertainment going on in the world. Oh my god. You know That's what, out of right. any state, out of any state to claim wrestling essential, why wouldn't it be Florida? It what is other the state Florida could it possibly be? It is the most like, Florida thing, isn't it? Florida men, like, you are Florida man for a while, and then you transition into WWE. Yep. That is that is the path. So if you don't if you take Florida man and don't take the meth route, you become a pro wrestler. What happens if you take the meth route? You become the Tiger King. <laughs> hey, we got an update to that too. <laughs> yeah, that'll be soon. Um how was your weekend, Nancy? My weekend was great. I got I delivery margaritas. For the first time, so taking advantage of not having to drive to get alcohol, but having alcohol delivered directly to my doorstep. And then I put in hard labor on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> I too put in hard labor on Sunday. Wasn't and a good time, but that's all right. It was productive. Because I now have a new recording space. Yes. Ah. Productivity. Isn't that amazing? See what happens? See what happens when you're like locked down and you're like, I have nothing to nothing to pro procrastinate with, so I actually have to do the things I need to do. Meanwhile, I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I did get more Persona in. But why don't you tell me about Remake? Because I know you've been dying to. Oh god, I'm about 12 hours in. I met Aerith. Finally got to Aerith. Like Maybe an hour or so in, ago in my playthrough. Going through a bunch of side quests right now before I have to go fight Rude. Okay. Right, beat, you know, beat the new dude, Roche. He's kind of cool. Fight him on a motorcycle, which is pretty neat. Then you fight him one-on-one -on -one afterward, and he's a dick. <laughs> is he a dick because he kept, like, kicking your ass, or he's just a dick? He's just used to the same. So the fights are all about learning the patterns. And it's very clear that that's what they want, especially since Cloud outright tells you, I gotta look at the patterns. So it's just annoyance and the pattern repetition and some of those patterns are cheap. One wrong move and you are fucked for like three patterns. It's bad. Oh, jeez. Oh, thank you. 
But then I got to go blow up another Mako reactor. So I've blown up both Mako reactors now, which is great. Talk about productivity. Yeah, I blew up two reactors, got separated from uh, Tifa and Barrett, met best girl Aerith by falling on her flowers, fought Giggity. Reno. <laughs> yeah, fought Reno. Then got over to Aerith's house, met her mom, picked up some flowers. Is Aerith's yeah. mom hot too? Okay. And now we're kind of doing side quests around Sector 5 slums until I've got to go fight Roach or Reno. Yeah, no, Roach, because I just don't really want to do it yet. Fair enough. I'm enjoying enjoying exploring the slums. You don't understand how beautiful it is to see Midgard during the fucking day. So that's new then, right? Yes. Okay. See, we can't even call me a filthy casual on this. I am completely oblivious to all things, by the way. That will be changing, hopefully. I think you'll enjoy this game. We'll see. I'm I'm excited to see what you have to offer. It sounds interesting with what you're doing, though. Getting to blow blow shit up, meet moms, fall on flowers. It sounds like a pretty typical Sunday afternoon for me. But I don't have Getting stuff ready to do for my date now. with Tifa still. Still haven't gotten to my fucking date with Tifa yet. Stop blowing the bitch off or she's going to go find some other D. I mean, we got separated after the reactor exploded. Okay, maybe you should have went on your date before it exploded. I wasn't supposed to go on the reactor mission with her originally, but then Jesse got hurt and Biggs was sick. Or Wedge was sick, so we had to go meet Biggs. And then... We got separated because the reactor was going explodey explodey after I blew up the robot. Mm, so it's all a robot's fault. I see. Well, it's so I mean, easy to push blame Heidegger, on other so, things. No, well, Heidegger used us as a setup to make Shinra look like there's a new war starting between them and another gang in Midgar. So he sent the sweeper after us. Heidegger, by the way, shout out to John DiMaggio doing the voice of that. It's so over the top. It's amazing. But then we got to, <laughs> right before the fight with the robot, President Shinra had to show his face through hologram and make himself known as ha 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 fuck you, basically. And here's our robot, suck a dick. Then we blew up the fucking robot and then the reactor blew the fuck up. Oh, so shit hit the fan quickly then. And we got separated and I landed in a flower bed in a church and there was Aerith with her flowers. Oh, so sweet. And she's spunky and snarky and it's great. That. One of the lines Cloud was talking about enemies going they usually target the weaker prey and she goes oh well these ones must be must be something wrong with them then since they targeted the stronger prey Oh tea. She's, she's smart she's a smart Alec best girl she, she fucking dies <gasps> I can't I even no spoil idea. that like, I can't even no. spoil that that's a 23 year old 23 years worth of knowledge, but you know what? She doesn't die in this game. But so far, she kills that bitch. And so far, spoilers, they've alluded to that happening, and it's fucking nifty. Nice. Foreshadowing is always good. Yeah, that shows some interesting things when Aerith talks about her useless materia. Oh, yeah. Shade. No, no, she called it useless. 
Okay. She herself says it's useless. She has one, but it's useless. Well, good to know. At least, you know, self-reflection is important. And I think during these times, it's really, really crucial that we look into ourselves and just but know what we have to offer. I actually need to ask you something. Do you want to know something else that was useless? Uh, sure. The new and final post-show Talking Dead, not finally a post-show not hosted by Chris Hardwick, um, Tiger King episode? I was wanting so much more and something completely different from what I got. We basically got an hour of fuck Joe Exotic. Yeah, basically. I mean, it was nice to see Joe McHale come back, like, and give us kind of the soup again. But <laughs> just a very focused episode of the soup, which, like, from the comfort of what may have, may have been his bed or just a really big couch. From his own mm-hmm. couch? Yeah, from his own couch. Because, you know, we're all self-quarantining and locking in our houses and we're not celebrities. Well, he hasn't been a celebrity since, what, like 2008 was really big for him, he said? (laughs) Whatever community ended. I guess that's the million-dollar question, then. I mean, he did do a movie with Robin Williams. Oh, which movie? It's a Christmas movie. I don't actually remember the name. I saw it on Amazon while I was scrolling one day. But it was him and Robin Williams and, like, supposed to be a comedy, black comedy Christmas movie. I'm going to have to watch it because I feel like that's a Robin Williams movie that just slipped slipped by me. He did did a lot of black, he did a lot of black comedy movies in the end. Oh, I know. I watched, um... I did watch. It's called Merry the... Friggin. Okay, the movie is called Merry Friggin Christmas, and it came out in 2014. Huh. Maybe I will watch it, especially since you know I'm the biggest Scrooge there is when it comes to that holiday. Spoilers also, alerts for Christmas time. <laughs> I mean, also quarantined. Too. So. Well, I have time for it. Just like we had time to watch this abomination of a Fuck Joe Exotic episode of Tiger King, where it starts off with an interview with that long-haired hippie guy that I can't remember the name of. Runs the park. Yes, the manager. Or not the manager, manager. but he... He was the manager under Joe with the Tigers. And he got a demotion. Was it... It wasn't Ranky. Ranky was the dude with no legs. Yeah, and he was the actual manager of the park. And they talked to him, and he was okay. He wasn't like a fuck Joe Exotic kind of guy. No, he was just like, that. it is what it is, and yeah, he pissed me off, but like, he left, I left. Peace out, bitches. Yeah. So there was that. And even though, and even though like he said his loyalties were definitely more with the, the Tigers, which was a very common question, um, and a very common answer, you can tell like he still, he was still loyal to Joe, and he just knew it was just best to like, my time is gone. Peace out, bitches. I don't know. So there were some interesting interesting interviews. The interview that they did with Jeff and his wife was interesting. I I like the comment of Jeff Lowe's nanny on Google. 
Yes. Because they have a smoking hot nanny. Yep, apparently. And it is the first thing that pops up on Google, just in case anybody was wondering. Does not surprise me. So they asked about the check. nanny. They asked the first gentleman that we were mentioning about the nanny. They did. Because <laughs> he still works at the park. Right. And then they talked to Jeff Lowe, and then they talked to Ranky and Seth. And then you got the campaign manager who used that moment to, again, stump and say fuck the government a bunch of times. <laughs> fuck the feds. <laughs> like, he went off I appreciate his platform for a moment. I know. It was nice, though. He was like, let me let me get myself right. I do think it is, you know, interesting that he was just like, yeah, I'm not counseling yet. And I'm like, really? The show couldn't afford you counseling? I'd get off that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't gone through counseling yet for what had happened. He told, he was like, he doesn't do drugs. Yeah, he's but... like, let me dispel that really quick he's meth not even once bro but very clearly was hitting a a vape pen oh wacky tobacco vape pen because you don't cough like that but then again is that really a drug it is a thing that grows out of the ground it's natural it's not a drug it's not illegal in some states yeah that's growing by the number I think Oklahoma is actually one of the medical legal states, so it makes sense. So but maybe that's why he doesn't have maybe that's why he doesn't go to counseling. He just gets really high and forgets things. It's his superpower. He's Towley. <laughs> right. Honestly, it was completely unnecessary and unneeded. Just like the non break between segments we're gonna take to talk about the next unnecessary and unneeded thing. Yeah, it's really unnecessary. Just like we don't have any news outside of COVID-19 or the Rona. I mean, we got some news. I mean, did, did you see the news? PS5 controller? Bruh. That dual sense is I so like pretty. It. I it's like so it. pretty. I can't I wait just... to see all the different all the different colors and can like customization things. Like, ooh, there's so much you can do. And I really wanna I wanna feel the dual sense with the resistances that they're talking about, and it just sounds sexy. I'm so high. I like how the Xbox bros are all talking about how it just looks like an Xbox controller and Sony finally made one right. And in the meantime, I'm like, actually, the DualShock's perfect. Yeah. I've been playing on it a lot lately, and I've realized how much more comfortable it is just to have my thumbs resting in one spot. While yeah. The game. It's a lot more comfortable. Having the sticks right there, one for movement, one for camera, and you know what they are. Your thumbs are in one spot, not staggered. You don't have to stagger them out and have them stretched. They're in one comfortable position. Yeah. Sony got a I lot just, right with their controller. That's why it did change for 20 years. Right. I, I will say, though, I like that they, they did go with a more lax like, positioning because I liked the way an oh, Xbox it looks like controller the boomerang handles controller. it. A little bit. Have you seen the boomerang before? Actually, I have. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. So for those who don't, the PS boomerang controller was just that. It was a rounded controller that plugged into the PS3. Yeah. And it looked kind of like a boomerang. And that's kind of where the inspiration, that's what the DualSense reminds me of, is that. It's more of an advanced version of the boomerang. And it's like you take the 
the ergonomics of the boomerang and mix it with the ergonomics and the feel of the dual shock and you get dual sense. And I'm so, really, I mean, really excited to just like hold it in my hands. And are like, you getting PS5 day one? I'm thinking about it, actually. I won't. My, my, my yeah, PS4 is, has been loved a lot, especially because I also bought it secondhand. And it's, it's the second version of the PS4. Not even the thin one. It's still thick. T-H-I-C-C. See, I won't, and especially right now, I couldn't even justify in current times buying it day one number one but number two is we don't quite know what's going to launch with it and what production's at with those games right now yeah that's true i mean sure also, i can play all the ps4 games but so can my ps4 right and if that's going to launch with just the ps4 backlog just like with the xbox series x where are these developers at with these games given the current crisis right now are they all working from home and that's going to handle delay security of game manufacturer. Like, yeah, and that's going to delay. And then you've still got the discs that have to be pressed for those who want the physical copy, like myself. Honestly, I don't. When I say like day one, it means like <laughs> I don't think it's coming out on time. <laughs> oh, no, it still will. They will still release it on time. They'll find a way. It's what the companies do. I mean, even with Nintendo right now, you know, you can't find Switches anywhere because there's a production shortage because of COVID right. and people rushed out and bought them. They're like, oh, we're going to get hold up. It's about time we finally bought this thing. You don't see those runs coming on the thing like the PS4 or the Xbox One. They've also been around a lot longer, I think, too. Yes. but So that, that has a big part of it, too. I, like the Switch I, has always been that optional. It might, And it sounds funny because I love my Switch launch day. But in terms of consoles, it's like... You either had your PS4, your Xbox, or your PC. Like those are like the three, the three like heavy dogs, and like one of them is considered essential, at least in some form or another. Well, and those okay. are what everyone talk about. And then like Nintendo consoles are always like, oh, these are nice to have, because you always had a Nintendo console and something else. I don't really know anybody that only has a Nintendo console. You know what I mean? So, I do know somebody who only has a Nintendo console, and so do you. It's the same person. Oh, Our well, I thought they had, I was going to say, but he has a PC too. It's not like a but, gaming PC, but he can still play games on it and it still runs the games. Him and I have had this conversation, right? but he really doesn't <laughs> switches his daily driver. So, but it's still not just primarily. But everybody has a computer. Almost. When you say like, for PC, that. here's the thing. I would qualify as a PC gaming as somebody who would have a dedicated computer for gaming or a PC gaming rig. I.e. like my laptop is a, is a gaming laptop, the one I used to record this on. That can run almost any game still. That is my dedicated third console. You, See. on the other hand, your PC, yeah, it can play some games, but you can't dedicate it as a gaming machine like the consoles are. And that's the difference when I would qualify as a console as gaming for a computer. <laughs> It's also just a laptop, but primarily, like, and I use my PS4 for everything. Like, that is, like, my primary form of entertainment is my PS4. Because right. if I'm not playing games on it, I still use it for 
watching Blu-rays or streaming or what have you. And that is like my primary, that is my primary go-to console. And then I have my Nintendo Switch and I still had my PlayStation before I even got my crappy laptop or I got the Switch. So it went for me, it was PS4, Switch and like PC afterwards, even though mine does not, mine barely counts as a laptop because of how crappy. Right. But the thing is, yeah, most people maybe not. I know there's a lot of people who do have that Nintendo console as their only console in the house. I know a couple of others that do as well. Um, the thing with that is the Switch isn't quite viable for me, at least, to be a main console in the home because there's still not a modern AAA release that really comes out to it. The last one was, I think, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um. And that's saying something. I mean, the Switch doesn't get main AAA releases on time. We got The Witcher 3 years after it came out. Um, we don't have anything new coming. The Outer Worlds, I think, came to it as a download only. They didn't even bother putting it on a cartridge. So that's my problem with the Nintendo side of things. But we'll see. I like the controller still for the new one. We got off on a weird little tangent there. <laughs> A little bit. That's fine. <laughs> That's like the news. This is what happens when there is no news. Yeah, and you just kind of talk, and then you say something that makes another person upset, and the next thing you know, you're talking about not at all the same thing that you started with. Eh, Funny I'll just how punish you later. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> you do not get to bring outside life podcast life, sir. <laughs> that had to happen. I'm sorry. Today was a day, guys. It's <sighs> what happens when you're an essential employee, quote unquote. Yes, we'll put quotes around being essential. But you know what's not essential? <laughs> the <laughs> the um, Rise of St Skywalker? Exactly. Because what the fuck? <laughs> guys, okay. So let's let's have an open and honest conversation. I think it's important that we... We really sit and reflect. It took us months to finally get around to watching this goddamn movie. It took a and pandemic. It took being home. It took nothing better to do. It took me waiting for a game to come out. It took there being no news. It took there not being another thing on the internet like Tiger King. It took us like not being able to interact with each other in person or going on adventures or finding literally anything to do than to watch this fucking movie. And all I'm going to say, after all is said and done with this, I'm going to probably end this review saying the same thing I'm going to start it with. Do you know what that is? <laughs> what the fuck? fuck I want movie. my money back. I want, I want my money. Fuck this I movie. do want my money back. Fuck this movie. You hear that, Bezos? We're coming for our, what was it, $6? Yeah, I spent $6 on this piece of shit. Guys, it was rough. Okay, and... Here we are. I'm gonna... All right, just to let y'all know, Star Wars fans, I'm sorry I'm gonna piss you off, all right? I love Star Wars, but let's... Let's really step back for a minute and look at what happened post-Disney for Star Wars before we really even get into this. We need to talk about it as... Cool. Because this no. shit show of a movie caps off what apparently is a shit show of a trilogy. Uh, yeah, that's probably the nicest way to put it. 
I mean, that really makes me like the prequels a lot, and the prequels were bad as well. I remember being able to bag on the prequels, and everyone was on the same page. Now there's a level of ambiguity because we got something worse somehow. But I didn't think it was possible. At least, you know, The Force Awakened gave me some hope. It, sure, it was a rehash of A New Hope, but it gave me some hope. It gave me A New Hope. Right. It was at least, it was symbolic. It was parallel. Like, we should have, we should have seen a similar, not maybe rehashing, but like a similar arc. And instead, we, we got hope, and then it went all the way off to like, not even to the glory of a Star Wars Christmas special, um, but like a weird like in between of like, we're not really sure what you're doing. And then like, you tried to steer it back on course and you crashed into a tree. And that's the trilogy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> hey, we have this grandmaster plan and then, hey, I'm gonna fuck this up over here, do this, do that. And then it's, oh, hey, we gotta fix this to go back to our plan. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I give I give JJ Abrams a little bit of credit because it was hard to recover <laughs> from the Force Awakens. Yes. Or the Last Jedi, I'm sorry. It was really hard to recover from the Last Jedi cuz also fuck. <laughs> and this is why you don't switch directors in the middle of a trilogy. <laughs> okay. I'm of gonna, one of I'm the gonna... most beloved franchises. <laughs> I've got to take you back for a moment because here's the deal. Star Wars started the first three, you know, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Mm -hmm. All had different directors. But George Lucas was still... Yeah. They had the same team writing it. George Lucas was still involved heavily. The prequel trilogies, as bad at times as they were, were consistent story-wise and such because it was all George Lucas. Right. This was Disney saying, the same oh, I'm going to buy the space stuff now and uh, make more fucking money from you little bitches. That's what this movie was. So this whole series was. It was Mickey Mouse taking his middle finger and shoving it up and just saying, look at me, bitches. I bought the Star Wars. It's bad, too. I This was a cash grab upon cash grab. And unfortunately, I have to give like the entire trilogy at least some type of credit because if it wasn't for this trilogy we wouldn't have gotten the mandalorian which has been some of the best pieces like the best piece of star wars media that we've gotten in a long yeah, at least from that disney not, at least that they're yes but the, my fear is now they're not making the movies anymore and all they're gonna do is focus on the mando stuff and it's gonna ruin that too well no we still got obi-wan do we though Rip Obi Wan hashtag COVID. Right, <sighs> things will be different, and it's so hard to speak in hypotheticals. It's because we really don't know. Um, yeah, but we're we gonna don't hope. Know. We're definitely. We're, we're just gonna hope. We're gonna hope that the force is stronger than the Rona. We'll just yes. have to wait and see. So. So. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about this, and then we'll go back to talking a little more at a whole, because Rise of Skywalker's. A lot to unpack. It's a rushed, bloody mess of a movie. That's the best way to put it. And it's... We get, we get Ray zoning out and almost crying every single... <laughs> yes. You get... So the movie starts 
that with Kylo getting a Sith Wayfinder, goes to Exegol, finds Palpatine. And you find out okay. Snoke was a clone. Yes, and you get like a whole vat of Snokes. I will say, I loved, like, I, I hate that they brought Palpatine back. Like, honest to God. I like the way he looked, though. I love the way he looked. He looked so fucking cool. And then even with the uh, the lightning effects and like how like kind of distorted his face, by far my favorite part of the movie. And both and both little snippets was just the lighting effect on his face and like seeing like the different contorted face facial expressions just based off of lighting was so fucking cool. Ah. This <laughs> shout outs to the yeah. dope. <laughs> And then you find out that he's going to have the final order, which is a Star Destroyer armada with Death Star cannons. Because why not? Yeah. Why not, give, had... why not give a fleet uh, the ability to just destroy the universe? Why rule the universe? Destroy everything. Yep. And gives them the Kylo Ren to find and kill Rey, who is training under Leia. Leia. And the first of many scenes that just don't fit i know i get it i understand we didn't need it she should have died um, in the last movie just saying again another thing that the last movie fucked up because it's like they had what was it a few weeks between star wars premiering and carrie fisher's death like there's a few week buffer in that the, and i still think there was enough time and i will die on this hill there was enough time for her to just die when the when the um, spaceship exploded, when well, she was in the space, or even when she was instead of the Mary Poppins moment, it's what I call it. That's exactly what it was. It's like that's not that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And to be honest, I think that would have been a much more satisfying death than what we've ended up getting. Even her lying in bed on the on their uh, on their ship where she's in like the quarter like the the quarters like hanging on by a thread even if she would have passed there that still was a better death than what we ended up getting yeah and all these the i mean the scenes were nice because i got to see carrie fisher one last time and i got to see carrie fisher and her daughter you know interact on the screen together one last time and that was just like emotional because i i have a very deep personal connection to carrie fisher and you know princess leia slash general organa like just like growing up and it will forever be one of those that severely impacted me. But even with all of that sentiment, I would have much rather it not been in the movie at all. Yeah, it definitely didn't fit. You could just tell it was awkward and they couldn't act against the footage at all. Nobody. Yeah, could. There, no, there's, there's not much wiggle room to do between here or there. And <laughs> It's just, I don't know. I actually want to put that on actually the quality of acting that's in a Star Wars movie compared to other movies with the budget Star Wars. Star Wars has never had good acting. But but that would be a draw. I <laughs> but I guarantee you, you and McGregor probably could have acted better against that footage than they did. For sure. Even pulling just an actor from the Star Wars canon, you know, doing that. Or Leslie Nielsen. Not Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Samuel Liam Jackson. Neeson. Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson would have been great. I mean, you get to hear his voice. We did. I got to hear Samuel Jackson, Yoda. Did you hear Freddie Prince Jr.? I did actually. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yes, he's canon. I, I know he's canon. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe that they pulled him into this. I wonder how much he got paid for just that little voice. <laughs> Nothing. Um, Ahsoka's in there as well. You can hear her. Yeah, so they got 
We're getting ahead when of ourselves. The, when the force calls, I'm sorry. The force calls to her. And her biggest complaint throughout the whole movie is that she can't see force ghosts. Right. Like, Ray's biggest complaint in the movie when it starts is, I can't see force ghosts. I can't see like, ghosts. I'm mad. I'm sad. Yeah. That must mean I'm bad. Where's my, uh-huh. uh, where are my other two, uh, two friendos at so we can have our weird power thruple relationship? Because Jesus... Okay, okay, okay. Like, let's like, let's unpackage the that relationship for a second because one, I I also noticed that you throw the word thruple in there again. That's two episodes in a row. Good job. <laughs> I'm finding reasons. I'm finding ways to work in words, and it's working. Goodness. Anyways, so I don't like how whipped Finn is, and also I think Finn and Poe make the most perfect romance. They are they do horrible together. They do, and then you throw Ray in there, and it messes things up. Thus, power thruple. Yeah, because Ray doesn't like Poe, and they don't get along because you know Poe's all cocky, and Ray doesn't have time for bullshit, and Poe has higher expectations because it's like, okay, like we understand you're doing like magic shit, but like you're still a damn good fighter, and that's what we need you for. And a goddamn war, you can play with your force ghost later type mm-hmm. attitude. Yep. Which I get because yep. you know he's eventually you know going to be general. And then you got Poe, who's just like, I want to fuck her. Or Finn, yeah. <laughs> or Finn, Finn, who's yeah. just like, Ray, I want to tell you I love you. I want to tell you I'm going to fuck you. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You're going to get some of this stormtrooper. <laughs> this is the one time he won't miss. <laughs> I will right. say for a stormtrooper, he still has a pretty good shot, even in this movie. His aim yeah. is fairly square. Well, because square he's on. a former stormtrooper. Yeah, so he, I think it's the mask, man. The mask has to, like, distort stuff. Hey, and you know what? We didn't see useless Cas- Captain Phasma, who didn't come back again. So Rising. that's a plus. Yay. See, silver linings, guys. When you watch movies like this, you gotta so, find the best parts of them. Because there no. aren't many. So, okay, so Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, BB-8, C-3PO, they leave with, Ray, with Luke's notes to go to a planet to get a clue. And thus begins one of my favorite things about this entire movie. Snarky 3PO. Snarky 3PO. Oh my god. Like I Sassy he's got so much back chat. Made me so happy just to hear him back chat everybody. Mm-hmm. So hard. And I was all for it because it's like it's about damn time you stood up for yourself. Snap, 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 snap. <laughs> and then what happens? They have to wipe his memory. Okay, not gonna lie. Like that was a very sad moment. Of him just being like, what are you doing? Taking one last look at my friends. And I'm like, how dare you? Like, and then R2 that, I, him. I know. And then like, you get the whole like, wait, that happened already? So like, it, it was still good to see like their interactions because like the droids are still my favorite part of Star Wars, hands down. The only I two had, characters to go through all nine movies. Proud of them. They've seen a lot of shit together. <laughs> yep. Anyway, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves again. A little bit. It's it's hard when you didn't want to watch it in the first place and you want to just talk about the stuff that you you did enjoy, but there's a lot of bullshit you gotta until yeah, then. Yeah, so we're kind of going by. So Kylo initiates a force bond with Ray to discover her location because he's a creepy stalker. He is like the worst ex-boyfriend ever. And then he like, just shows up. You can't up. hide from me. Yeah, and he just shows up with the Knights of Ren, but Lando comes back. And yes. I just don't. Okay, why? Why not? It's the last hurrah. 
And I mean, you still got to get those sweet, sweet nostalgia, nostalgia boners going. And Lando actually kind of got me excited. It was just nice to see him. I, I appreciate Lando, even though he can be kind of stabby sometimes and make questionable decisions and all Almost that good got stuff. three scenes in the entire movie. But they were still important scenes. Yeah, I know. Like he, and to be honest, he is as sooner, sooner rather than later, he becomes the last standing in the original trilogy. You know what I mean? He does. He does. Got, you know, we, we've had everybody else in this movie. You know, we still, <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of myself. We still got Harrison Ford in this, in this movie. And I'll talk about why I hated it when we All get right. there. <laughs> And then, like, we still have Leia, we still have Luke, you know, we hear Yoda, and, like, they get, like, literally everybody, and still alive in real life, so why not throw them in there? So it, it's just a good way for that to kind of bring everything full circle. What did like, you think uh, of Ray using the Force Lightning? It shook me, and then the second that happened, I'm like, she's a fucking Palpatine. Yep. Which is something I had expected, like, even before I had seen before this like the spoilers had come out because i actually had done pretty good about not getting any spoilers for this movie even though it's been literal months (laughs) i didn't care enough to find out about spoilers for this movie but i'm gonna say this when i when she shot the force lightning and even at the beginning when he sent her to go kill him when he sent kylo to go kill her i'm like okay she's a fucking palpatine yeah that was it was instant i was like she's a palpatine because we didn't know who she was her parents buddies and that happened on purpose, apparently. But the second I saw the light, and I legit was worried for Chewbacca, I was like, she just fucking killed Chewie, that twat. And I was so, I went from shook to mad to damn near inconsolable because, again, like Chewbacca, like the longstanding characters, 3PO, R2, Chewie, the dynamic trio, I love them all. <laughs> all right, for, so... <laughs> let's talk about my favorite character in the movie okay the splicer oh the little dude i can't remember his name oh dio ah. no not dio the little the guy who erased c-3po's memory oh yes he was so freaking cute and i don't remember it's like either. baba yaya or something baba lasagna something like that <laughs> we'll call him baba lasagna for now but he uh, he was adorable. I like how 3 people like, who are you? And he tells him his name. And then, oh, yes, he's one of my oldest friends. It comes up later. Yes, it was very cute. I love it. And especially, I mean, like, he was there when his memory was reset. And, like, the little bit of, like, English that he does know was cute. Yeah, it was adorable. I really liked it. Also, real quick, I just have to say, did you happen to see in the scene where they had everybody in the ships that Anthony Daniels actually was in a ship outside of the costume. What? Really? Yes. In the scene where there was everybody shooting. And I think it was at the end when Lando was in the Falcon and he said, hold on land, the guy in the gun, the Falcon. That was Anthony Daniels out of the suit. I didn't even make that connection. I saw it. He looks so familiar. Yeah. Oh shit. Even more, you know. Yeah, sorry. I know that was kind of random, and we hadn't even gotten there yet. But a little tidbit I realized. Fair enough. So now you know. So <laughs> watch it again. 
Right. Yeah. Keep an eye out for Easter eggs. That's always the fun part. Right. And anyway, so, yeah, they erase C3PO's memory. He takes a look at his friends. You find out that she's Palpatine's granddaughter. And her and Kylo have a fight. It's, but not being in a relationship is hard. But they do rescue Chewbacca first. Okay. Now, I do have a question for you. Yes. How do you feel about this whole force fighting thing? Like force connection fighting? As someone who is way deeper in Star Wars lore than I am, being I filthy, casual. Fucking stupid. It's dumb. It's a rarity in the Force. I get it. They're connected. They were born at the same time and blah, blah, blah. The powerful families, blah, blah, blah. They're a duopoly in the Force, blah, 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 blah. It's stupid. I mean, hell, even Luke and Leia were twins. Yeah. Can't that. Exactly. Why does it have to be a Palpatine and a Skywalker that are linked? Why couldn't two Skywalkers be linked? And they were literally linked. Things I'll never understand. Anyway, like, I I will say, like I don't like the concept, but I like the way the concept was shot. I thought, in terms of cinematography and editing, I thought it was done really well. <laughs> like right. the way they shifted between the scenes and like the way like certain things interacted with one another, like it that was a cool. It's a cool camera trick. It was a cool editing trick. And I appreciated that aspect of it, but just as like someone who's like, not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That was literally my attitude the whole movie. <laughs> but but Nancy, Nancy, I'm the spy. <laughs> Best line, hands like down. General Hugs reveals himself as the spy, lets him escape on the Falcon. He dead. Ray. Okay. First of all, them going back to the Endor system. And going to the remains of the Death Star was cool. It was interesting to see where the Death Star ended up after it exploded. Um, and then them fighting on the Death Star was cool. Yes, the fight. See, this was a okay. But here's my thing: is like them fighting was awesome, but the fight itself was so lackluster. It was so slow paced. It was so. I. It just. But, it but didn't Nancy, like the choreography she- didn't. Well, she force healed him <laughs> because, <sighs> because they're in love. <sighs> force healed him. Okay, and she listen. was the second thing she force healed in the movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. If we're gonna talk about that, and 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 force yes, healing was introduced Apple literally Apple the day before. Hello, Google. I, I hear said, you. I said it too many times. <laughs> They gave me a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought it was dead. Oh my goodness. I forgot it was plugged in. I'm not cutting any of that. <laughs> nope. So anyway, I hate the force healing. Like, cause like even when she forced, she forced healed the snake and like, you know, me, I I'm all about protecting and they're also precious protected at all costs. And it, it sucked that it was hurt and like, yay, it's better now, but the fuck we don't need, I don't need to be transferring my life force. I, and, and she said it so casually, like it's been done. A- 
for in the franchise. And it's like, oh, I just gave it a little bit of my life force. It's fine. Um, no, bitch, it's not. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, it's Baby Yoda introduced it like an episode or two before, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, it's so and, dumb. Well, no, because even still, Rise of Skywalker came out before Mandalorian did. No, that episode of The Mandalorian where Baby Yoda force healed. Oh, oh yeah, that came out right before the Carl release. Weathers of Weathers came okay. out the day before Rise of Skywalker to explain to just so there was something connected to that happening to show it yeah. could be done before it happened in a movie so people didn't bitch as hard. But you know what? That's bullshit because essentially what you see there is that Rey and Kylo Ben Solo fucking found the whole reason Anakin went to the dark side. Yeah. The whole reason Anakin went to the dark side was to find something that could save Padme's life and bring people back from the dead. And that these two are casually throwing that power around because they fucking can. If that's something that could have been easily attainable by fucking novices like that, because yes, they don't tell you how long passed between the last two movies, but I'm guessing less than a year. Yeah. And I'm, I call bullshit. No, it is bullshit. And it so and here here's the issue that I have. I think and we can go back to a holistic conversation about the trilogy here for a minute is and the, my issue with this entire trilogy is that the canon fucks with the continuity. That's what this entire trilogy has been is we have a fairly well-established canon at this point, even if the prequels inter- like introduced the midichlorians. But in all honesty, that was a line, <laughs> you know, a line or two. It didn't change how the rest of the Star Wars movies played out. The prequels in and of itself just had like really bad acting and like CGI was a little iffy sometimes. But overall, like, I mean, like I can still go back and watch the prequels and stomach them better than I can with this new trilogy here. And the reason for that is, is because at least with the prequels, they at least stayed with the continuity of the original trilogy. But the problem with the new trilogy is that it introduces so many new mechanics to the canon, it fucks up everything of the continuity of the entire, the entire universe. And that's what my biggest frustration is to that exact point that you made, that it completely negates why Anakin went to the dark side, which ruins the prequels, which means no like, technically because, okay, no but, original trilogy. Like, but, yeah, exactly. See, the whole reason Anakin Skywalker went to the dark side was to bring back the dead. His mother was taken from him. He had the tragic villain. He had the tragic, classic, tragic D&D big bad end guy backstory. And right. thus became the big, the BBEG at the end of the end of the campaign, if you will, of the first six movies, Darth Vader, you had the tragedy of Darth Vader, <laughs> essentially, where he, I mean, that's really what it was. It was the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. That's what the first movies were. And that's all Star Wars really needed to be. You saw yeah. enough of the force to let the expanded stuff take over. What you're seeing now is them adding things to it that really, really hurt what happened before this movie had a lot riding on it because it has to wrap 40 years of continuity i'm glad you get the sith planet of exegol i'm glad you get these certain things but to casually throw around the power of giving life to somebody 
That's not something that should be taken as lightly as it has. And especially not three times in a fucking movie. Like, yeah, that's the let's other thing. Let's talk about the third one for a minute, all right? Because obviously we're not really going according to an outline of how this is. We're just talking about the movie. We're just dissecting and kind of reviewing it in a sense. We're going back and forth. So here's the <laughs> thing. All right, when she first did it, I was like, okay, cool. I get it. Hey, they showed that in The Mandalorian. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Then she does it to heal his wound. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, let's do it again. And then he gives all of his life to kill to, to save her. Not before he gets his kiss. Oh no, he had to get his. He had to get his action. I will say that. <laughs> I will say he's he did better than Mario. He got like an actual like on the mouth kiss that was a few seconds versus Mario, who's lost so many lives to save Peach and gets a kiss on the nose and a cake. Right. <laughs> but then he heals her in the third use of it and shows that you can bring someone back from the dead fully. So again. We have shown <laughs> that Anakin went to the dark side. But that no gets because, because Ray didn't learn that from the dark side. It could have been so argued that Ben Solo learned that from the dark side. But because Ray he did technically it learned him, it from Ray. He, he technically learned you could do it from Ray. Yeah. And he had turned away from the dark side at this point as well, too. In the yeah, movie. He got to talk to his dad because everybody just needs to catch with their dad. Okay, okay. If we're gonna we're gonna bring that up. They don't set off your Google again. I know, right? I'm trying not to. Um, but that made me so mad. Why and did I'm that a, make you mad? Okay, and I'm a Harrison Ford stan. Like, 100%. I, mean, I, I love Harrison know, Ford. Just, uh, I don't know the fucking Force Ghost is, so I'm going to just shut the hell up about it. And we can just talk about the interview some more. I forgot what she is. Sorry. Yeah, no. He is a man that's just like, I'm just here to do my job, sign my check. I've never watched the fucking movies. Just give me my goddamn money. Like, I respect him. <laughs> he's a man that puts in the work, but he's most of my favorite characters in all the franchises that he's like, he's amazing, you know? And I love any and all Harrison Ford I can see until, you know, I can't see him anymore in new things. However, there was absolutely no reason for him to be in the movie. He's been dead. That was the big upset was that Harrison Ford or Han Solo is dead. It was the big upset. And that entire emotional reaction that we got when, at the time, like Kylo Ren, like, killed Han Solo, that was a huge moment. Like, regardless on how trash this trilogy is, like, that was something that, like, I was not expecting. And it's been underhanded by bringing him back. And he's not even one with the Force. Yeah, he fucked someone that was. But that doesn't mean you get to come back too. That's not how, again, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So I don't know if he was a force ghost or just a hallucination. No, he wasn't. He wasn't a force ghost, but I wouldn't say it's a hallucination because at, it was not, it wasn't like a conscious thing. And it was, it was, he was meant to be more than just like whatever was getting projected in, you know, Ben or Kylo's mind at that point. But we did get a force ghost at least. We did. <laughs> I like force ghost. He looked badass. I'm Hair not and beard running. flowing in the wind, raising his X-wing up like a badass because it came full circle. Yes, he was able to raise his. And I love that he hit his X-wing in the water. That was a very nice touch. Out of everything else that pissed me off about force ghost, 
Force Ghost Luke. I'm not going to lie. I'm still mad we had to have Force Ghost Luke. Luke shouldn't have died. There is still no narrative fucking reason why Luke Skywalker is fucking dead. You're not wrong. But unfortunately, there's not much that we can do for it at this point. There is it's no just, that's narrative what... reason why Luke Skywalker should be dead. There is more of a narrative reason why Leia should have been dead at this point than Luke. If anyone was supposed to die in this movie, this is the movie Luke should have died in. He should have died finally defeating the Emperor. The kids should have failed and Luke should have come in dying to fight the Emperor. Because then we really would have gone full circle. Because then Luke could have at least finished what he started. And he could have beat the Emperor, died shortly thereafter, passed the baton on to Rey, say, you know, you don't have to be like your lineage. And Luke saying that because his dad and his nephew had turned bad. And that would have been a great bow credits. Instead, we got this shit show that ends with, I'm Rey Skywalker. <sighs> Another issue I have. But, but I, I do want to talk Force a little Ghost bit. Luke. Yes, my issues with Force Ghost Luke is the fact that he caught his goddamn lightsaber. Excuse me, sir. You're not a Force poltergeist. <laughs> you are a Force ghost. And I just, I thought that that was a little too far-fetched, even though at this point, we're already so far off the rails. Question. Did he <laughs> catch it with his metal hand? Is his metal hand corporeal because it's metal? You know, unfortunately, I would have to go back and rewatch it. And I because I could say that you come back as a Force Ghost with everything because Anakin came back fully figured. Right, but, so he should have his hand back. But we've only seen Anakin as a Force Ghost once. And we don't even know which Anakin is the right Force Ghost since he's been CGI replaced twice. Yeah. Like, oh. there is an actor out there whose whole role was Anakin Skywalker outside of the costume as a Force Ghost. And he has been deleted from Star Wars history because they wanted to put Hayden Christensen in instead. Because Poor apparently thing. you don't age in the, in the suit. Yeah, apparently not. Even though, like, you were definitely, like old af when you eventually died so but i just i had issues with him like being able to actually catch the the lightsaber and it, it was great to see him and like i said he looked majestic and beautiful and i loved every second of it and like even like his snarky attitude where he's like you're being a little dramatic don't you think <laughs> like i respected that um yeah. and luke was probably like the like the saving grace of this movie and it's just because honestly it's, it's, the saving one of the saving graces of this movie is the final battle yes also much worth much worth sitting through the bullshit because that was pretty fucking awesome you know the all final battle between palpatine with ben skywalker and okay first of all him against the knights of ren was cool and as yes. much bullshit as the whole force connection fighting thing was her passing him the lightsaber through it so he could fight them was pretty badass that was way cool and i was like okay that's like the five the rest of that force connection shit because that was fucking awesome yeah like that was cool and they showed they kind of built up that they could do shit like that so i get it that was cool and then palpatine finds out drains their life force away and then they fight yeah he throws i like how he throws him off basically off the ledge with the force fights ray she she kills him <laughs> Yep. Palpatine dead. Lando shows up with a fleet. Yes, Lando. Like I said, he's in all the important scenes. And the Emperor dead. And Again. Getting Right. But getting to see Lando fly the Millennium Falcon again was so satisfying to me. And like, yes. So here's my question. 
Here's my answer. If Palpatine was creating clones, and it's confirmed that Ray's dad was a Palpatine clone, Snoke was a clone, and he can transfer his consciousness to them, correct? Yes. That's why he was so, to that machine. <laughs> I have, one, a thing about Sith, but two, um, is he actually dead? I hope so. Is he, one, is he actually dead, but two, so then if there's only a, ever a master, there's a reason then that you see why there's only two Sith, ever. Right. Because of the power they possess, that the, a master Sith possesses that the apprentice wants, the only way to get that is to kill. You can't have multiple running around. Right. Because so that one... That one power is concentrated into one being in the dark side versus, um, you know, the light Unless, side of the know, force. This High yeah. Republic saga Disney's making is going to fuck all that up. At this point, it's completely possible. Um, and I'm even willing to go give it a... I'm willing to give the first High Republic movie a shot. I mean, we kind of have to. Because it's new. But only one movie I'm giving a shot because this movie was a shit show. It was hard. Like, and... Like I said, I, I want to believe Palpatine is dead because this time he wasn't just like lightning or anything. Like he he was completely decimated at this point. But and the Death Star fucking exploded with him in the core. I understand that the Death Star fucking exploded, but we also but the thing that witnessed him himself dying, and I also understand like that's also how movies were at the time. And how did he get to Exegol? He was he was essenced. And he was rebuilt. So then, but, he, so then his body exploded and his consciousness went to a clone body on Exegol. So what you're saying is... But Exegol itself was destroyed, too. So, like, everything like everything within that Sith fucking but, wrecked with all those boulders, which I but, laughed my ass off when they were getting crushed to death. Camino. <laughs> but you see, he could have clone bodies being made on Camino. The reason I say I hope he's dead is because I'd like a new villain. I mean, we're getting one anyway because we're going to Hyrule. Well, I, I know what I'm just saying. <laughs> is again, like I, I think bringing Palpatine back was a cop out. I think it's crazy to think that the whole entire Skywalker saga is only set over like a period of sixty years. Yeah, like that's crazy. They almost kept it in real time. <laughs> almost twenty years off. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if we can bitch about this anymore. <laughs> No, we talked about like the fighting sequences, like getting to see all the starships show up. The the space battle itself was really cool, and then we all lived happily ever after. Yay! God, this was such a shit show. <sighs> all right, so at the end, they go to Tatooine. She buries the lightsabers <laughs> at the Mars homestead and is asked her name, and she is Rey Skywalker, as the Force ghosts of Luke and Leia nod their approval. <laughs> okay, that entire scene. Was bullshit. Such bullshit. I did not need to go back to Tatooine. We even went back to Tatooine in The Mandalorian and we bitched about it then. Let Tatooine die. Ain't nobody been there for so long like that old bitch said. And it's like, yeah, keep it that way. Why the fuck do we need to be in Tatooine? And you don't need to bury the lightsabers like like six inches into the sand and be like, oh yeah, this must be a good spot for it. Ha 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 ha. And let me force bury it because I'm too lazy to dig with my own goddamn hands. Luke only had one hand and he probably would have dug it in the sand because he's not that smart. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but here's the thing. So I'm guessing Ray has built her own lightsaber apparently as well. Hers is actually really cool. Like, and I like that it's yellow, and that's probably one of the reasons why I like it the most. And that's because it's my favorite color, and I'm a little biased, so. But here's the thing. 
why did it take her this long to fucking build one? Isn't that something a Jedi is supposed to know at the fucking beginning of their training is, oh yeah, here's how you build your fucking weapon? Well, she also didn't get, I mean, okay, she and she's training get under classical Leia. training. But she's Leia also, like, she didn't finish her training and never fully went into the entire power of the Force. She always kept that connection Neither to the Force, Luke but she... And he built his own lightsaber. He did build his own lightsaber, but he was also getting trained by Yoda, so but he didn't learn like that a crash. from Yoda. He didn't go back to Yoda before he built it. And she got a crash course from Luke and from Leia. So by the logic, she would still know how to make it, you would think. But it's never mm-hmm. explained. Just like it's never explained where Luke learned how to make a lightsaber. I guess that is just the mystery of the Star Wars universe. They can explain so many things we don't have questions for. And just completely gloss over everything we do have questions about. Yeah, like I have a legitimate <laughs> question as to how who taught her to make it. Just like with Leia, Luke obviously taught Leia. So did Leia teach Ray? Did Luke teach Ray? Did Leia, did Ray hook up onto the Star Wars internet and watch a YouTube video of how to build a lightsaber and how to find a kyber crystal? Yeah, and let's maybe you and I should do some digging and see if we can find a way to build our lightsaber. Because we can. But we can't because COVID and we can't go to Disney. But you can build one now at Disney at Galaxy's Edge. They only cost like 200 fucking dollars. Yeah. I mean, because I have the money to go to Disney in the first place. <laughs> I kind of want a custom yeah. lightsaber. That'd be nice. I know. I Honestly, I want I want to get one that's meant for dueling. Like, If I were to get a lightsaber, I'd actually want to hit people with it. So <laughs> I guess all of this bullshit brings us to trying to rate this movie. You want to go, go first, first, or do you want me to go first? Um, I'm going to give it a D4. Same, actually. Cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. I think you right. and I had a lot of the same issues with this movie. Then... Man, you're just making all sorts of noise over there tonight. Yeah, this one's my dog. This is what happens when we what? have to do remote recording. He's a loud um, boy. So... Yeah, I had a lot of issues with this, and a lot of this movie was just a mess. It had some saving graces, but not enough for me to warrant it. If you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, check it out. You're going to probably maybe not enjoy it, but at least you finished the story if you haven't seen it already. And if you absolutely love this movie and have to tell us every reason why you love it, you know where to find us. You can add us on Twitter at 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 podthing. Or you can email us at a thingpod at gmail.com and tell me all of your thoughts, fanboys. You're supposed to say slide into our DMs. I'm That's not what you. the kids call it these days. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not you. I don't need them sliding into my DMs. They're going to be angry. They're not sliding in. They're bursting through the front door saying, <laughs> fuck you, you're wrong. Here's why Ray's the best fucking character ever. Because I'm going to, never mind, I'm not really going to try and piss off the fanboys right now. Yeah, I mean, we probably already made enough people mad and... Probably going Look, to continue to make people mad. All I know is if you're going to come in here and tell me Ray is the best character in the world, just know Daisy Ridley is not going to sleep with you for defending the character. Honestly, though, I don't blame her. Have you seen Star Wars fanboys? I mean, yeah, they look like my former manager when I worked in the airport. <laughs> you know, neck beard, fedora tipping, wearing a tie and a nice suit shirt and like half a suit with jeans and tennis shoes. Those are Star Wars fanboys. Yeah, that would be a fairly accurate, but not nearly as bad as Star Trek. I mean, he was also a Star Trekky. I remember that. He was a Trekkie oh, and double whammy. Yeah. Rose. And he's yeah. part of the reason we happen to have, you know, the great president of the uh, never mind. <laughs> stop. We need to stop. So yeah, if if that is the example, 
because I've actually met this human being, unfortunately. I, I don't blame Dis Daisy Ridley at all. I think she, she's smart or not, actually. <laughs> she wanted to end up in a basement somewhere. If, I mean, she could, but then she'd just be like Darth Vader. But um, ching <laughs> On that note. I think we're done talking about this, and I hope I never have to talk about it ever again. Oh, we will. In detail. Coming soon to a thing, our deep dive on all nine Star Trek Wars movies. Star Trek Wars movies. Star Trek Let's Wars. go. <laughs> we're going, you know what, next time, I got it, our next theme month when we do a sci-fi theme, we're going to do Star Trek for Star Wars. Who has the better film movies? Ooh. But, but until, until then... Let's go listen to the overacting genius of Al Pacino for a bit, shall we? We shall. Hunters it is. Well, I'm glad we got done talking about that shit show, because I want to talk about the opposite of a shit show. Hunters. Yeah, it's not really a shit show, is it? No, it's actually very well done. And it's so well done that we have a double... <laughs> we got and we have a double stuffed hunters talk today we get two episodes to talk about episode six and episode seven and I, honestly i'm glad that we have to talk about both of these together out because of because they're so paired i was gonna say out of every episode so far, this series has been able to be watched very episodically. Yes, it has continuity, but you can leave off. These two episodes in particular are very tied. Yes. But it did add a lot of depth. I think that the show was starting to get away from it a little bit. And like episodes like a little bit of three, but mostly four and five. Yeah. You know. You know, like, that was kind of, like, the vibe. It's like, okay, so we're, you know, killing more Nazis, and it became... it. I don't want to say it became, like, the same old song and dance, because it was only a couple of episodes, but they were very interchangeable, almost. Like, you could have almost put them in a different order, and it would have been fine. But these yeah. ones, like, give a lot more enrichment to a lot of other characters' backstories, which I appreciated. Yes, so episode six and a lot about Harriet's backstory. Or Rebecca. Or Rebecca. She was evacuated from Germany and relocated to England when she was a child and lived on a nunnery. Is that a really good? A nunnery? A nunnery. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Sounds like a nun factory. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. That's basically what it is. Nuns aren't born, they're made, homie. Right? <laughs> you aren't born a nun. You're made a nun. You choose to become a nun. But you were made a nun. Yes. Made a nun. Get it? A nun. Ha 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 ha. So, but, we had to learn a lot more about her and her motivations and her background. And... and the hunters think she's a traitor. She's a filthy rat like Mike Fires. She's that bitch Carol Baskin. Let me tell you something about that bitch Carol Baskin down there in Germany. 
So how, so I have a question for you in, in terms of Rebecca, like, because at this point she's still Rebecca, not wanting to convert over to Christianity. How, how does that, how does that make you feel? How did, she ended up like not eating. She had to like really pull herself away from it in order to survive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just persecution of another form. Okay. That's the easiest way to put it. That's fair. I, I mean, the nuns taking the children in are trying, will end up turning them into nuns and they have to abandon their life before that to become a nun. So it's, I understand it doesn't mean it's right, but I have my own opinion on organized religion to begin with, other than my own. So don't get me started on that. We don't need to get banned everywhere. Oh, that's true. I, I it was just more like, did it like pull at a heartstring where it's like, no, she's fighting it because like she wants to be, you know, she wants to tie, but then like at the end of the day, it's like it's either that or I starve to death. Like those are her options. Right, and that's more of what it was. Was she did it for survival? Yeah, do what you gotta do to survive. Yeah. Even if that means abandoning what you are. Oops. Yeah, so you get to see her, yeah. Really use like her German and make it seem like she's she is a Nazi. But she almost had him. Almost had him. So she's like, wait, who are you? But (sighs) I think what's interesting is you see Joe meets with an old army friend. And you find out a little bit more about his backstory. And you find out more about him in episode seven when he actually opens up a little bit while him and Lonnie are doing some, some recon. Oh, I love that. We'll get to that in a minute. Um... There's just some interesting things going on. And the show, you know, you find out Lonnie meets up with his own contact, gets his book, gets the book translated, and it's kind of a reprinting of an old sci-fi novel um, called Vril, in which a master race that lives underground plans a revolution to take over the entire world. Sounds like something Nazis would love. A little bit. That almost sounds like right up their alley, actually, now that I think about it. Yep. So the original Vril was taken as inspiration by the Nazis, but this version has been updated with instructions, a manual for the coming race, the Fourth Reich. Oh, well, it's good to know that, you know, they at least come with instructions. Right. The how to be, is it the uh, how to be a Nazi for dummies? (laughs) Right, that's what it, right, yeah, all of these high-ranking Nazi officials are in the United States. They've got, you know, they're put here by the U.S. to fill these roles, blah, 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 blah. But they have to have an instruction booklet. Yeah, just in case. Oh, go figure, right? Well, that's when, like, the Alzheimer's starts kicking in and you got to remember how to be a Nazi. (laughs) That shit doesn't just come naturally anymore. You're not like how you were in your youth (laughs) because a lot of them are a lot older now. 
Right. And hey, you get to see Jonah meet up with his buddy Cheeks again. Oh, I know. That was that was cute. Goes to go pick up dry cleaning and smokes a homie out and kind of just talks about everything. And... Tells him, yeah, I'm hunting down fucking Nazis. He was scared to talk to girls not even a couple of weeks ago. Now he's a completely different person. He's lived a lot of life in a very short amount of time. I will give him that. And hey, there's a wedding. Mary and Mindy's daughter, they are going to marry. It's very sweet. You know, the, kid- the Jewish mafia was there. The kid that lived from down the block got married. It's a mitzvah. <laughs> so the wedding was, I think, holistically with the pre-wedding, wedding, and post-wedding was all very emotional and very impactful. Mm-hmm. Even for me, who is not of that religion, it was just, it was very sweet. It was nice to see Murray have a touching moment with his daughter by, you know, sharing the flask. Like, I'm not going to tell your mom. And like, trust me, there's not Manischewitz in a flask. And like, my dude, respect it. <laughs> then you kind of get the flash to him at the camp. Yeah. And the death of their son at the hands of a Nazi officer. Yeah. And now that, that sucked. Yeah. They had mentioned it and mentioned it and mentioned it and then you see it. You do. And it was it was way harder, I think, to watch. Because it was I could just tell that they were on the more optimistic side. Of yeah. the Jews that went to the internment camps and the concentration camps, and because I know they existed, and like that was something that you know we 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 touched on in history. So you kind of saw that like optimism it was like, oh, if we're gonna meet back up, just let me take my kid, and like that like blindfold, like oh, like this maybe won't be so bad, even though it definitely sucks. Like it wasn't gonna be ideal, and then like you got that cold reality like so quick. Yep, that no, it's not. Not all sunshines and roses. But yeah, remember, they didn't really know much of what was going on at the time. They didn't really know. No. And it was Especially like, depending you know, on you how could early get a bad they feeling. Arrived. Yeah, they were, they were those like fresh crops. Like they still, they were still in their nice house. They hadn't moved to the slums yet, I would imagine. Or the ghetto. Because they had a very nice living establishment and he had like watercolors and stuff. So they haven't been like taken down eggs yet. So they just got shipped off. Yeah. I won't let you go. He got, you know, he does it with them holding his daughter's hand. He says amen during the prayer as a stout atheist. That was a big, that was a big moment. Like, even, like, Mindy's like, I haven't heard you say amen in 13 years. And, like, you see, like, his, like, bitter heart, like, not be so cold on this day. And he's like, I can be grateful for things sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. I need that attitude more often. <laughs> yeah. And then Jonah up there to say a prayer that his grandmother was supposed to be up there to say. But instead, he kind of just recites a prayer he often heard her say, which is a very... 
touching moment because he kind of gets that moment where he realizes what Judaism is, and it's the people. Yeah. And it's the importance of honoring, you know, your rituals and such in the in the face of that defeat to keep it going. And that's kind of the big thing is you just, you do it because. Yeah, and I think it, too, him being comfortable with that prayer as well, because, you know, he was he was there. He was giving it the good old college try and like, you know, I don't want to say like half-assing it, but like he just it was like, I'm here and I'm trying. But like he, he hadn't bought in. But then like once he like saw people's reactions to something that was home to him, I think was that that clicking moment. It was just it was very sweet. And even Ruth showing up while he's reciting the prayer, like although kind of corny. Not gonna lie. As as a whole scene though, it made it a little bit more impactful. Yes, it it got this the scene made it definitely was impactful. Yeah, corny, but you kind of understand because there's been those scenes where to make that statement they've had her there. Yeah. And like, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, right. Oops. And we didn't even talk about real quick the fact that the Nazis were scoping this out and put Travis with the other guy to take care of killing Meyer. Yeah, and how do we forget about our best boy? Set a best fire, Nazi. Set a fire to Meyer's attic after sending his documents to the FBI. Yep, trying to out him. Her, Millie, breaking up with her girlfriend because she's scared. I mean, I don't blame her because after that meeting that she had and with the shit beat out of her. Yeah, and, and got the shit beat out of her. And then the warning she got from Operation the guy that gave her information on Operation Paperclip and he's like, These people will kill everyone you love. It's like I get why she did it. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't want that to happen to somebody. And it's like, you know, I would imagine like her girlfriend would know the risks at least a little bit. Because she's but, an FBI agent, but Talk, communication is not Millie's strong suit, and you can really see that in the series. She doesn't communicate well with anybody. She no. There's and she's great at interrogating. Is she though? She is. She still gets information, even if it's in an unconventional way. She still is able to get what she needs out of people, and she almost got it out of, you know, um, a few people. Even just like through talking. But she didn't really get anything out of Meyer. Well, Meyer's different. Meyer. Oh, yeah, because Meyer gets first arrested row, by the FBI. He does. That happens in these episodes. Yep. <laughs> Meyer gets arrested by the FBI and interrogated as they find out that the Nazis were planning to release a chemical weapon because they found the music box at the ghost's house. And his apparent wife, while he's on a life support machine after plastic surgery, changed the entire way he looked. Yeah, that was a lot to unpack. Even, <laughs> even just watching it, because you're like, oh, okay, this is the ghost. But the ghost had plastic surgery. And then he's also taking medicine, and they, they showed the pill bottles, which they then took. And Jonah damn near kills a mom and kid. <laughs> Oh, and 
Harriet's not a spy. She's still on their side. She brought that guy to you? the wedding for Mindy and Mary as a wedding present to them because he's the guard who killed their son. Yep. And they spend half of the next episode in the basement deciding if they're going to kill the guy or not. Not if, but like how. But they still... No. But they're not killers. Because you notice they didn't do it. No. And, and we've also never banging on the door after after Meyer got arrested on them not killing him because they had plenty of opportunity. Sure. And we also have not seen them kill up to this point either. That's true. Like we see we see that everyone else is definitely capable of it. You know, we see Meyer get violent. We we know Joe has no problem killing. You know, and even Jonah's like, how many people have you killed? How many people have you killed? And, like, Lonnie would do it to save his own ass, but that's because he's weaselly like that. Well, you know? but Lonnie can't kill anyone. Yeah, because he, he's actually in the limelight, so he's a well, different... Oh, no, he's <laughs> kind of dead. Yeah. Or is he? Yeah. yeah. Was... <laughs> was you know, trying to get back into it. Has a better body count than, than Lonnie does. Because at least he went out with himself with a bang. I was gonna say he went out with a bang. <laughs> so he took himself out, so at least that's one. It blew up with he blew himself up. That's Not still on purpose. It's Travis's fault. It is Travis's fault. Because shit really starts ramping up. So you know, we have we have Murray that's arrested now. And Meyer, Murray. Or, Meyer's yeah, I arrested. Meyer's arrested. Jonah is... banging on the doors. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so they go to a power plant. You have Joe, Harriet, and Mindy. And they meet the ghost's wife. She gets shot in the fucking head by Harriet. And just boom, dead. As the power plant explodes. Meanwhile, you flash forward. They've tracked down to Grand Central Station being the other location. Murray, Jonah, and Lonnie go. And there's Tyler, or Travis. He gets on the train, jumps off a backpack, gets off the train. Lonnie and the backpack. Him. Lonnie like a G, though. I was... yeah. Lonnie like a G's off the train following him. And Murray and Jonah go find the backpack that he left on the train, and it's a bomb. Murray has Jonah usher everyone off the card. As because he, he wants all the fame and all the women. Has a yeah, and he has a vision of his son, kind of telling him it's okay, and he goes kaboom. It was still like a nice little touching moment of like. He was snipping wires and he was freaking out. He's like, I haven't figured this out. And then he snips one and then he just sees the second clock. And it's just like, well, that's it. Like, and he just turns and he sees his son. And it's like, you know, you could tell like he was, he was at least calm in that moment. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I guess is a good way to put it. Honestly, I think fuck would probably be like the last thing I ever say. Like snips it. Fuck. That That's would have it. been a great Geralt fuck moment. Just fuck. 
I'm just exasperated. Just like, that's it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lonnie's following tra Tyler, Travis. Do you want to call him why Tyler? Do you want to call, why do you want to call him Tyler? He looks like a Tyler to me. It does. Have you ever just seen somebody who looks like a name? Yeah, I can tell someone's a Kyle a mile away. And it's not because I smell the monster or see the drywall dust blowing in the wind. <laughs> Same with Chad's. It's not because of the memes. You just right. kind of know a Chad. You know, I actually do know a Chad. And he's a total Chad. Yeah, actually, I know. I knew a Chad and he was a total Chad. Amazing. Anyways, so our Tyler Travis. Travis Tyler Travison. Travis Tylerson. There we go. We got to be his new name. The whitest <laughs> name, whitest sounding name is appropriate for a Nazi. So Lonnie's following him through tunnels and walkways and into this like ravey looking. I call it a ravey looking room. It wasn't a rave room. It had just bad lighting. It was flashing. Power goes right. out. Lonnie gets stabby deft. As yeah, Travis pays him a compliment, by the way. Yeah, he was just like, your film was so underrated. Stab. Even if you're a Jew, stab. You're dead. Mm -hmm. And leaves him on the subway floor. We see him twitching. Twitching like the fish that died in my fish tank earlier. <laughs> was he lateral yes yep so they have a lot in common they're both Did floundering yep. uh-huh uh-huh get it fish pun meanwhile we have the most overreact overacting scene i've in this series so far their blood will be on your hands oh Pacino. you gotta dial it back there a little bit for us buddy like you sold it a little too you gotta hard. Gotta give me a hoo-wah, break character, bring out Frank, and just go hoo-wah. <laughs> you gotta go see Scent of a Woman. If you haven't seen Scent of a Woman, I recommend it. Great Pacino flick. Hoo-wah. So yeah, so we got his we got his overacting while he was being interrogated by Millie because she was trying to get him to talk and He's just like, there are seriously some other things happening right now. I'm the least of your worries. If I was doing all of these things you're saying I'm doing, to all of these people that you say I'm doing, who do you think my enemies would be? Yeah. Like, he at least, you can tell he's got a really good Jewish lawyer. Right. Because he, he didn't incriminate himself. He was able to have a conversation, but he said hypothetically speaking, so you can't hold that against anybody. <laughs> hypothetically speaking, if I did all these things you're saying I'm doing, who do you think my enemies would be? And why would they be bad enemies to have? <sighs> would you rather them be allies? I don't think so. Anyway, that's Hunter's. A lot happened in those episodes, but most of it happened toward the end of seven and then just, or end of six and then just seven. Sure. You know, shalom, motherfucker. That's like. <laughs> that has been the series. That, that's been this episode. Just <laughs> shalom, motherfucker. Boom. You get hit with right. everything. It just, it picks right up and. It's just there. Boom. Shalom, motherfucker. Yeah. And I don't think it's slowing down now. I think. We're really going to be pushing through. 
Yeah, we've got a few episodes left to the end. I think this was, what, a 10-episode series? It is. We got three left because I can do math. Maybe we'll just finish it up next week. Yeah, might be good to wrap it all up in a neat little bow. And then work on a review because this one's going to take a while to dissect. Yes. A lot of information to unpack, connections to make, a rewatch to do. And a show to figure out to pick up the slack afterward. That's going to be fun. You know, we're going to be losing hunters. And we've also lost something very important to us here on a thing. Because we can't even talk about the XFL, man. Fuck, rip. Rip the XFL. Made it not even a full season. Fuck Rona. Hashtag undisputed. Champs. Rough neck for life. Peace out, thing of tears.